I'm Jess. And I'm Jen. We're just two run-of-the-mill casting directors looking to have a little fun while tearing down the curtain on casting, the process, and how the sausage gets made. So many misconceptions have come from outside sources, so we're here to clear the air and make sure everyone gets a full picture of all that goes into casting your favorite TV shows and films. All the while, we'll be drinking some amazing cocktails and spilling the tea on some of the most outrageous stories we've come across in our careers. Maybe we'll even bring on a few exciting guests along the way. Cheers! Cheers. Good afternoon. Good evening. Welcome back to Tipsy Casting. I'm Jess and this is my co-host Jen. Thank you all for tuning in again this week. I am super excited to bring this next guest onto the show. He is someone I have come to call a friend over the last couple of years. It is the wonderful and talented Cristo Fernandez. Cristo and I did a Coffee with Casting episode during COVID, which is available on my Instagram. And now we are so thrilled to hold space for him and his experiences on Tipsy Casting. Cristo found his love for football, also known as soccer in the U.S. at a young age, which earned him a spot on Guadalajara's club team at the age of 15. After a knee injury ultimately ended his career, he hit his self-proclaimed rock bottom. At that time, Cristo decided to embrace the encouragement of his parents and went back to school where he fell in love with acting while in university. We love talking to him about his journey in Mexico, moving to London where he didn't know anyone to pursue his love of acting and what he's looking forward to in the future. You know him as the exuberant and joyful Danny Rojas on Ted Lasso, and we are excited to share his journey as an actor and a filmmaker with all of you. Now grab a cocktail or a mocktail and enjoy. Christo, thank you so much for joining us today. How are you? Good, good. Uh, very excited. Uh, thank you, Jessica. Thank you, Jen. And thank you to all our listeners from Tipsy Casting. I'm, I'm a huge fan and, and I'm very excited to be here. And thank you for having me. I love it. And you, you are the first person that we've we've chatted with that you have a nice environment around you. You're not in an office and you're not stuck in a room. <laughs> you are outside. Yes, I try to make it different, having a tree background, but real. <laughs> Is it nice out there today? Is the weather nice? Yeah, you know what? I, I, I it's, it's a great day, not only because I'm with you guys, but yeah, it, I'm in Mexico City right now. And for a moment, I was like, am I in London or where am I? It was so cold, but today it's sunny, as you can see. So I'm very excited. I love the sun. You have to take those opportunities to soak in that sun when it's out. <laughs> Exactly. Yeah. So our normally our first question is, what are we drinking today? So are you, what are you drinking today? Café Americano, which here in Mexico, we're starting to call it Café Mexicano. Yeah. <laughs> oh, nice. I'm close to that. Oh, lovely. Nice. What? <laughs> I love it. I have really close to you. I have an espresso martini in a weird glass. Jess, what are you drinking? I had plans of drinking, but I woke up with a crazy headache this morning, and so I was very yes. excited. Christo gifted me this gorgeous bottle, and I was very excited to drink <laughs> it, the Grand Cent Centenario. Say, yeah, it, yeah, yeah, say yeah. it correctly say it so I can hear it. Grand Centenario, yes, tequila. Beautiful bottle. And I was going to, I, like, I was ready. I, I went to the store. I went to their website because I was like, what kind of cocktail do they recommend with this tequila? And so I went to the store. I bought stuff to make a Paloma. And I was very excited. And then I had a headache. And it's uh, not a great match with alcohol and Advil and all of those fun things. So I'm going to save this for for the weekend and uh, <laughs> going to be able to enjoy it then. Good thinking, good thinking. Yeah, we're, we're your one gen too, so you guys can tell us what you think. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I'm very excited, very excited. Um, oh, gosh, we're so excited to have you. Um, we kind of like to dive in um, originally with, if you want to just kind of explain how you started in the industry, like how did you get into acting? Is there, like, were you a child actor? How, how did you find your passion? No. No, not at all. Um, acting came later in my life. And my biggest dream and goal in life, since I have memories, since I was a kid, since my grandma took me in the garage to play with the ball, was to become a football soccer player. That was the only thing I ever thought I was going to do. Anyone in my family can tell you that 
And my mother always tells the story that Cristo uh, breathes, uh, speaks, talks, eats, drinks, football, soccer, football, soccer. That's the only thing. And that's what the only thing I ever did. And 15 years old, I started playing professional, which was the reason why I did high school at night. And then I reached all the divisions and I was second already training with the first team. And of course, like many that we don't make it into the very first one. The main reason normally is because gets an injury in the knee and I got one in my left knee, which I recovered from, but then I got an injury in the right one. And then I was like, oh, uh, but I recovered from both of them, of course. And then I touched base with my parents and I told them, well, what should I do? And they told me, well, you should study something. And I was like, oh, I don't want to study, but okay. And then I decided to study communication, a BA in communication in Guadalajara, Mexico, where I'm from. And that's the reason and the place where I discovered acting and film. I probably wasn't the best student at the beginning. I've always been a good student, that's for sure. But soccer was helping me a little bit because I was known like, ah, the guy that plays, ah. and I was getting favors from there. But short story is that no one wanted to do the videos. We had to do some videos, record some videos, and nobody wanted to act. And I was like, I'll do it just, just to get the homework done. And, and I did it, and they were like, ah, oh, you, you, you were good. Can you help me with my other video that I have? And I was like, okay. And can you also help me? And I was like, okay. And I started helping everybody. And I was known in, in the university for being the, the guy that acted for free and acted well. Um, and I was like, oh, this is cool. And honestly, yeah, right now I'm speaking like this, but I mean, you can imagine like I touched bottom in my life when I was doing something my whole life since I was a kid and I was in my 20s. Suddenly realized that you're not doing the things you like the way you wanted and you thought you were going to do. And well, I, I had an existential crisis because I didn't know what to do, but discovering film and writing and acting and joining the theater workshops in uni gave me confidence in myself again. And, and, and I think the most important thing was for me that I, I, even though I gave my parents another heart attack by being like, I'm not going to be a soccer player anymore. Oh, thank God. But I'm going to be an actor. Oh my God, this, this. <laughs> Man, what the, what did we do wrong? Um, but they, they always encouraged me with my dreams. And discovering this later on allowed me to be a kid again. And I allowed me to dream again. And my parents, in my family, there has never been athletes or artists or anything. But my parents have always taught me with their example of being hard workers that anything you want to dream or you want to do, it's not just praying and dreaming and hoping it's doing it with actions and, and as soon as i realized i had this dream i started to work on that i started to act in all the student films for free i started to just take some workshops and then save money and then i wanted to be an actor and i wanted to study my master in in acting and i wanted to go away because i discovered i reflected on my previous life as soccer playing there were things i didn't do and my mentality was not the right one, so I started to go to the psychologist because as I told you guys, I had an existential crisis and I put myself together, I put myself a goal, but a goal not like they do in schools. In schools they are like, which I hated. I don't know if you, if you guys happen to you guys, but sometimes it's like, where do you see yourself in six months, in one year, in three years, in five years, in 10 years? Where do you see yourself in 15 years? And I'm like, I don't know where I see myself next weekend. So like, just, I'm just gonna, I know what I want, I know what I'm gonna do, I don't know when it's gonna happen, but I'm gonna work hard for that. Yeah. And I started to do that, saved money, three, four years, and went to study my master in acting in the UK in 2016. And that's where I think I started to become an actor. But then the story keeps going, but that's, that's where the acting came into my life. Wow, that's so cool. I love that, honestly. You kind of reinvented yourself multiple times already, and you're so young. <laughs> Okay, so you came over to London. How, how, like, I guess, how did you come to do that? Like, what was the draw to London over, like, LA or New York or going to the States? Or what is it? Was it the drama school aspect? Or how did you come to London in that respect? Yeah, well, I, 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 I reflected on my life and the mistakes I could have done. I always, like, what happened? Because I don't think it was the lack of my skills or, 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 and I just reflected the life of an athlete is so much shorter than many other people's lives or professions. Every single decision you take, it really affects. So there were moments in my life when 
or I could have, for example, traveled here to Mexico City and play, or go somewhere else, try something else, but I was comfortable back home with my family, with my friends. And then when I wanted to do it, then I had an injury and then it was too late. So with these new dreams and goals, I was like, I could go to Mexico City and then I have friends. I could go to America, I somehow will speak Spanish. And honestly, the main reason why I did it is like, I, I just want to go as far as I can where I don't know anyone. Because even when I started to do my little acting things, like these little student films that I was sharing or a commercial, everyone was like, ah, Chris, that's so much fun, but where are you playing right now? Where, 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 which team? And I just wanted to go somewhere completely different where no one will think of me in any way. I will just completely try and reinvent myself and put myself in the most uncomfortable position where I will not understand the English. I will, the, the weather is horrible, the food, the food in England, I'm sorry, but it's not the greatest. <laughs> I love, I love, Horrible. yeah, it's like the, the best thing is uh, fish and chips. And that's my main dish that kids have when they go to the beach. <laughs> uh, but I love, I love the culture. I love the people. I think it's the best city. I love that you can. And I also admire the culture in terms of arts. And I mean, I never been there by, and I didn't know anyone, but. I just went there to put myself in the, in the, gave myself the biggest challenge and I had no other option but to give the best and try my best. That's what I did. I traveled, I went there, did my master for one year. And then I, I, it was, I had just a student visa for a year. And after my student visa finished, I was like, I don't want to leave the UK. I think I want to keep trying things. And I stayed there for three, four years uh, working in different aspects. Since I arrived, I worked as a lifeguard, as a in the university, in the, as a bartender, in restaurants. But then without the visa, because I didn't have a visa, I was there as a tourist just working cash in hand. I decided to stay there. The reason was because I was passionate about my previous studies from communication and being there in act, as an actor, meeting actors. And I started to help my friends. We started to help each other, shooting our own things. I started to shoot my own short films, which I ended up putting in little festivals, and I started to, everything I acted before TED, I was only my own work. Even in Mexico, in, um, in the UK, it was all my own work. And that's the, only, that's the thing I always encourage people, create your own work. And that's what helped me achieve my opportunities and get my opportunities as an actor. And now, of course, that's where my passion comes from, to create my, my own work as a filmmaker. Wow. I mean, to say the least, you're most definitely a hustler, <laughs> you know, um, and that's that's what you really need to be in this industry, regardless of what part of the world you live in or where you're pursuing it. And I, I, I like that must have been so stressful, especially like not not having the visa while you were there for the time. I, I can only imagine that that puts a lot because it's like you can there, you only have an allotment of opportunities in in order to make money and survive, and uh, I, that's probably very stressful. <laughs> well, yeah, it, it was a challenge. Every six months, I was leaving the UK and re-entering, and I, I I think what helped was that I had my master degree. Um, wow. What I always speak is and and like we sometimes go through life thinking and this is me as an actor but i think in every single profession i think since very young age you are we have to think what we're going to do for the rest of our lives and as i say like what where do you see yourself in 15 years and i i hate that because life is so complex and things change so much in life and i just think you have to adapt yourself and and go into the next thing by having learned and it's it's okay to fail it's okay to learn from your mistakes and what makes me i think a good actor or, or whatever is not the fact that I think of myself as an actor because I don't care if, if people think I'm a good actor or not. I have the mentality of an athlete. I know what is repetition. I know that if I train hard, uh, my times are going to improve. My weights in the gym are going to be better. I'm going to be faster. My chances to score a goal are better. And that's how I see myself as an actor. I, I just do it. I don't I don't wait. I don't, you know, and, and I and I see that in, in proactive, successful people. Like, you just do it, and then 
it might not be what you want, but then you learn from that and then you do the next thing. And I think sometimes with majority of artists and the people that sometimes get frustrated in their lives is because they want to do something and they really want to do it the best. And then they just think about it so much. And then when they do it, it's not what they think it was supposed to be. And then they get disappointed. And like, I just don't see it like that. I just do it. Next thing, do it. Next thing. And then I just keep going. And when I was in the UK, that, that was the thing. I was just shooting and shooting and shooting my own things with friends and collaborating and helping each other. And I was lucky enough that I did before my visa expired, a commercial where they paid me decent. And that gave me a little agency in London. But for the next four years, I acted, I acted in nothing but just my own shorts. Uh, but that was a relationship I kept. And that's what later gave me the the opportunity for Ted, but like if you see my reel and my credits in IMDb and everything you see there before Ted, that's just my shorts that I uploaded. I put my I put my credits in IMDb. I was like, uh, Crystal directed, produced, read, wrote this, 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 and he did everything in this. <laughs> you know, like I, I recently saw this uh, this uh, post in Instagram for like this filmmakers account that I follow, <laughs> and they were like, I think they were screening people's short films or whatever. And in the credits, it was like the same guy, like it was like directed, <laughs> written, produced. And then everyone in the in the cinema were like, eh. And then when another name came, it was like, oh. And then when the name came, when the name came again, like, eh. And then when the other, oh. So that was me, like location. He was like, I was my own craft services. <laughs> Coffees, catering, locations, um, cheerleader, whatever. Yeah, like that was, that was me. Yeah, yeah. Wow, that's so amazing. I love that you kept with it and that you kept going no matter what. And even in terms of commercials, whether you were doing your own shorts, things like that. So you were in London for quite a while then. That would be, how many years were you in London? Or do you still go between the two? Or I've been living in London. The la Most of my time has been in London. The last, six, like the last seven years I've been living mostly in London. My whole life is Guadalajara, Mexico. Even Mexico City right now is new for me. People know more my work outside of Mexico than people know me here in Mexico. But because in Mexico, I've, I've always done independent, uh, low-budget things, my own things, my own shorts. Now with my feature films, I've done three. They're all with full, new, upcoming talent, cast and crew. And so little by little, I'm making my way here. But it's, I've been living most of my time because of my studies, because of my hustling, staying there and in London, and then... Ted also brought me back yeah and I'm forever grateful because they were the only ones that actually uh, gave me my visa because they were I was always auditioning for these cool really amazing things there was this Royal Shakespeare company that they did a play where I their role was a Mexican student and like I was that because I was that and I of course reached all the the callbacks and everything and they were gave me the role and everything and as soon as they knew that I didn't have the visa they didn't, and that was so on for so many other projects. So that's why I'm forever grateful with, with everyone at TED that, and that, that they believed in me, being someone that had only done his own things. What was the casting process like? Because I've always given um, big props to Theo Park for really finding people that we hadn't seen on TV before and creating a really cool, diverse group, but like as an ensemble, because you clearly have Jason and Brendan in the leads and stuff, and everybody kind of knows who they are. But it's like everyone else was at least for us in the states was very unknown and very exciting so like what was that for you did you have to go through multiple rounds like how did how did that whole audition process go for you yeah uh, well theo park is amazing she's the best i'm forever grateful with her and yeah with jason brendan joe bill and everyone there the writers they're geniuses but i reached also a moment in my life where like i was like okay so the only thing i'm like and again the critiques like I was a retired soccer football player, studied a BA in communication, a master in acting, working as a bartender, but who also thought he was an actor. And my family and my friends were like, oh my God, this guy. But nonetheless, I was very happy. Like I was just doing what I wanted and I was happy. Like, But I also was like, if I'm only gonna act in my own things, I'd rather go where I have good weather, have good food, my family and friends. So I traveled back to Mexico. But I left doors open with all the independent, low budget, under the table things I did. And with this agency that stayed with me. And then I, I, I yeah, with CKG. And then I, 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 I was in Mexico. I was already for six months. I started doing more short films in Mexico. Uh, I went back to work in Mexico. 
And then the self-tape for Ted Lasso came, the, the, the audition. It was an audition where they were looking at the beginning. My character, Danny, was um, a very egocentric man. And then I did the audition and apparently they loved it. But now having worked there, I know everything changes. And it was a different rounds of auditions. And then I didn't hear back. They were supposed to start shooting in August that year, which they did. And I was like, oh, man. This was the, the ideal job, like comedy and soccer in my life. And but anyway, I'll keep doing my shorts. And then out of nowhere, I received a tweet from Bill Lawrence and he goes like, great audition. And I was like, what? And who is this guy? Wait, he tweeted you? Yeah, he tweeted me. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Okay. And I don't know, That's a way to do I it. I don't know how you do it, but apparently you can tweet someone, but without making it like for everybody. Oh, so it's a direct message. But it's not a DM. No, I don't know. I should have saved that. But it's it's, it's in the it's in it's in the in the web. And then I started to go like, okay, who, who is this man? And I was like, oh, this oh my god. Okay, cut to two weeks later, I received auditions for more characters and a guy from Iceland, Africa, and something else. And I did them. And then I, I had to also send some football soccer skills because now these new roles they were pitching me or or trying to get me cast. They, sh they needed to be very good at playing football, soccer, and, and short stories that they gave me the, the role for the Icelandic man. I, I traveled there, and when I arrived, was not 100% sure, but thank God it happened. And I arrived the first time. That's, that's before COVID, literally right before COVID, and we still had table reads. And I remember in my table read, it said Gunnar. So I was like, oh my God, am I playing an, Ice an Icelandic man? If, if that's the case, I need more preparation or I'm screwing myself <laughs> over. I'm going to play an Icelandic man in my first role. Like, but no, they, they just changed it completely to, to me, a guy from Guadalajara, Mexico, and they, they adapted it to who I am. And that's also something I, I know and I'm forever grateful. But I also tell the actors that sometimes as an actor, you want the challenge to yeah, I want to transform myself. And I'm going to show one day with my work that I can play a guy with with a tick and that has a completely different accent and, and overweight and whatever. But I think when we all start, you have to be truthful to who you are. And I think that's something I learned by studying acting. And that's something also something I encourage people. I, I generally love studying acting because I, I learned so much about myself and which I use for everything in my life. And I think everyone should do acting, regardless whether you want to do an actor or not. Just the fact of studying a lot about yourself and, and putting yourself even like doing... I don't want to. <laughs> well, like if you do theater, if you put yourself on stage and you talk in front of people, trust me that that will make you, that will make you feel so uncomfortable. That will make you feel so bad. But that will give you so much confidence for the next things. And next time when you apply for another job or where you go to another production and you as a casting director tell them who you are, you will go there with more confidence. Because I think what we are always afraid of is those things that make you feel uncomfortable, you should do them because that those are the things that will make you be a better person. And I know that, and I should have done that back in my days when I used to play football, soccer, but failing in my life and feeling the worst make me feel the strongest and gave me thick skin and I was like you know what like if I already failed in this and I'm gonna now say that I'm an actor and I failed in this well who gives a flip I'm just don't care because yeah so yeah I, I think you should do theater then Jen <laughs> so how much in the show did you use your actual like football skills to or did they double you or did you get to do a lot of it yourself since you have such a background in pro football no I, I could probably say I do all my stunts all my stunts. I I honored my I honored my football soccer career. I did all of my stunts. Everything you see that Danny Rojas, I did it. <laughs> I love it. I, I want to ask because obviously there was a, the big boom of the show when it came out. We were all at home. It was COVID. We're watching. It it brought us so much joy. You brought us like Danny Rojas brought us so much joy. Uh, his zest for life and for football and. Obviously, it was very well received. The show won so many Emmys and all of these wonderful things. Um, but like, as you, as an actor now, are the, the show's over? You're transitioning into, you know, pursuing different types of roles, and then you're hit with a strike. And I know, you know, we've had coffee a couple of times over, over the last 
was it two years? And I think it's like, that's, that was a big conversation point in our last coffee of like the learning, first of all, like the learning curve of the LA business side of the industry and also sort of being faced with this, this dynamic that we're all facing of being in this uh, strike moment. Hopefully it'll be resolved soon. Uh, but, you know, I would love to to know about what that experience was like for you, what the learning curve that you faced in the last two years of how the sort of business side of the acting works. Because I think that that's the thing, the more that we can share with the like our listeners and people that are going to be pursuing this or are pursuing this to avoid those pitfalls. Because I think that that, you know, the the more that we can lean into our community and the people that are sharing information, I think it's so important to be able to help people in that process. So I guess, what was the biggest surprise coming and embracing the industry stateside? And then in the last year of facing the strike, what was that like for you? Well, yeah, it's, it's this, this career that we chose and in general, it's it's full of um, challenges, and I think the first one is always. Um, I mean, as a, as an actor, there's there's constant rejection, as we 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 were speaking about, we were talking about, and you're always conditioned to think like, what are people gonna think about you, and someone has to decide whether you get the job or not. And that's already very complicated. But that's also in general as well. If you go somewhere and ask and have a job interview, it's someone who's going to judge you. So it's not just actors. What I realized was, for example, when the when the pandemic happened, we were all in lockdown. Like there was nothing to do as an actor. But I went I went back to like, okay, well, what can I do? I always think, and that's something my parents always told me. Like moments of crisis are also moments of opportunity. I went to writing. And whether I'm a writer or not, like, I don't give a flip. I just started writing and I just wrote. And from lockdown, it came my, my I wrote many things, but I ended up properly co-writing uh, uh, my first feature film script, which I ended up shooting right after the pandemic in Guadalajara. Very low budget, no money, but lots of cool people and friends. And even my family did help with the catering and things like that. But yeah, that's, that's, that's what you can do, like, like, even right now with the strike as actors, like, okay, I cannot act. What can I do? I'll, I'm, I'm generally going back to writing. <laughs> I'm going back to producing short films with my friends. And that's what I'm doing right now. And, and like, there's no reason for you to stop. And, and you just have to always think, what can you do for yourself and not wait for someone to give you the job or make your dreams come true because it's up to you to make it. It's up to you what you can do in your own possibilities. It doesn't have to be freaking Warner Brothers, uh, lots of money level. It can be just in your own level. And, and that's where we all start. That's where dreams get built. That's what my mindset was throughout the pandemic. It was tough, yes. but And we all went through, again, existential life crisis. But in terms of my career, what can I do? What can I do? At some point, this has to stop. Again, like this. The strike is taking longer than ever and it's very annoying, but what can I do? What 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 is there for me to do? And and there's always something you can do. Even like even if it's not writing, then learning a new skill or, or whatever, just so that when the this finishes you come up prepared and ready. And I like this that success or I don't call it luck, but success, it's when preparation meets opportunity. And even with me, with my opportunities, it's like, and I still now hear critiques and people telling me, ah, yeah, well, Christoph, he got the role of a soccer player. Well, of course he has to do it because that's him. Whether he can act, I don't know. Like, But I prepare myself for this role my whole life without knowing. And that's why I always tell people everything that happens in life happens for a reason. And I just remember, again, those moments where I was having a breakdown. Why my knee? Why me? Whatever. And other people achieving their dreams. And, but I never stopped hustled. I never stopped working hard. Yeah. And then I realized that football soccer came back into my life and I'm fulfilling dreams of a soccer player through my acting. That some, it's something that I will have never imagined. It. it seems like you're very clearly a hustler, which we appreciate because I think Jess and I are very similarly minded where we just kind of do what we have to to constantly fulfill our dreams and make sure that we're fulfilling our passion of casting uh, in res- some respect. I think though, and it, I, I bring this up because our, our most recent episode, we had a showrunner on. We had this really great conversation about how 
especially in Hollywood, there's always this mentality of like, if you just get this project or if you just make it to this level, then you finally make it through that next door or whatever. And I mean, you clearly have had good success on Ted Lasso. So I'm kind of curious what your experience was with that. Did you get, did you ever feel like, okay, now I've made it to this next level? What do I, now what do I do? You know, is it, is there something where the success of the show opened certain doors for you that you didn't know were possible? Or is it just the same old, same old, like, yeah, you may get a bit more notoriety and people, especially in the States, know who you are now. However, I'm still hustling every day and like pushing that envelope. Cause I think, Again, we work in this industry where it's like I I get told all the time in casting. They're like, well, if you just do an indie that hits really or wins Sundance or something, then you'll really start getting these kind of projects or things like that. Have you encountered that all throughout your rise? There's so many challenges and you always have to try and do what is in your possibilities. Again, I'm talking about creating your own work, but also like, of course, we, we all know is who you know. But like, again, like I don't have I don't come from a family of athletes or sports or, or artists, so I didn't know anyone in the industry. So I had to go to the places where the people I want to meet, meet up. So I started to go to festivals and do my networking. And you have to always try and do your own things that you can. And and it's always like a little snowball that builds, especially in this industry, like getting a job or, or working. It's not easy. So I, I am right now getting opportunities that started eight years ago when I met this guy at this festival in Guadalajara that turns out uh, he's from switzerland and this is true like he's from switzerland i met him 2014 and now there's a project that we might do now so it's like a, a, a like a snowball that builds but to what you're asking like because it's so easy to think like now that i've done these cool things that people like uh, people think like ah oh, yeah it's all easy but and i and i'm and i'm glad you asked that because i have this specific example that just happened to me and I want to I want to see your reaction so at the beginning of the year I and I'm, I'm without mentioning names because I'm not gonna mention names but there was these producers that are big in the industry and they've done like really cool action films both in America and in Mexico this was supposed to be a co-production between both and they approached me telling me that I was amazing the best you this role is, a, is ideal for you you have to do it and I was like okay so I read the script it was amazing it was really cool action I love action I love doing my own stunts there's a there's a cool zombie film that's another story that I did that, uh, also catching hand but anyway but these yeah they approached me I read the script we had some zooms first some coffees then zooms then gave feedback for the script we worked on it we workshop it it was amazing and then after working on the script and everything and they told me we're so happy to have you on board now the challenge is to find the other leads actors but you are in it we're happy and i was like okay cut to like a month ago they tell me hey crystal we need your casting we need your self tape and i was like oh okay so but i thought you guys offered me the role no 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 no. but we just wanted like just to just to get more talent attached and i was like okay okay so then i then i it's like a freaking 13 pages self tape and i was like Okay, and I didn't want to be like, you know, like, do you know who I am? Like, I don't do castings because I, I do castings, but it all comes from like, they offer me the role and now they ask me for a self-tape, but I don't want to be that guy. So I did, I did the self-tape, I did the casting and this was right before the strike and then cut to they go like because things were moving and other projects were coming and we were like okay i told i told my team let's touch base and see what's happening with the project and then they reached back saying oh unfortunately uh the project went in another in another direction so we're gonna give the role to someone else which again this is this is industry work that's why i'm telling everyone just rely on yourself like do don't care like you don't have to care that much about those auditions. Like, just do them the best you can because that's not in your control. There's nothing. You, yeah, I will focus now in my show film. I'm shooting next month with my friends. That's what. That's where I can put my energy in my control. But that wasn't it. That wasn't it. They also say. They, they also said. And just why I just seeing what Crystal sent us an audition and, and what we're seeing right now, we highly recommend these acting classes for him to take. There are some acting lessons he can take both in LA or in Mexico City because he generally needs to work on his acting. Like we can see that he's struggling. What? What? Okay, I have questions. Yeah. And this is, wait, and wait, but this is, this is, and you will tell me your questions, but this is, this is so bad. And this is also part of the conversation while the strikes are happening. 
and there needs to be things changed for actors. But the point of all this story is this in another moment in my life will have destroyed me completely. And I'm sure like what it was like, it, it's not like everything I've been doing, working on, it's pointless because it doesn't mean anything because it's not just someone that is random telling me this It's people that have done cool stuff telling me this. Like, but again, coming from the world that I come failing, how I failed. And right now I can tell you, I don't freaking give a flip <laughs> about this. And the only hey, you can use whatever words you want. We're fine. <laughs> okay. So I don't, I don't, okay. I, I didn't know. I don't give, okay. I don't give. I don't give a fuck about them. I don't give a fuck because I believe in myself and what's only going to happen, I'm going to do my own action film and they're going to regret having not given me the job. And one day I'm going to do this cool action film. But this comes from my mentality of having done all the things in my life, failing, trying, and just knowing what I can do because I don't care. I don't give a fuck what anyone thinks of myself. And I, and I think this is important because critiques will always come whether you're starting, whether you're in the middle, whether you have already done things like have I done. But yeah, that's I want people to take this like it will forever be there that's gonna be always be there no matter what but i want to hear your questions jessica and jen please <laughs> well my first question and and we'll cut around this because i want you to be able to, to, to i want the answers was there already a casting director attached to it i, I believe yeah because this is just this is just r really bad etiquette like unprofessional etiquette yeah. for anybody so like i'm really curious who the casting director is that that was like no 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 there's no i i can't just for just for us, we would we would no, could, no, no, no. we won't. No, say you know it. you know how you say uh, you tell the gossip but not the gossiper, or I don't know if you have that expression in English. Oh, it's it's yeah. pointless. Look, I I if you wanna you wanna hear, I, I believe in karma and I believe what you put out there in the world. It always gets you. Like you put good things, they will get you. You put bad things. It just makes me so uh, like for that sort of thing because you know we look at this this stuff that's happening, and this is not to put you on the spot even more, but like we see the stuff that's being put out on social media by certain casting directors, and what the, for us it seems to be like the they are the mouthpiece of our profession when in all reality they shouldn't be, and they shouldn't be the ones like they're not. I guess the thing is like your experience is not the typical experience. That is horrible, I will say. And that is so unprofessional. And that etiquette is like just god awful. And I'm very sorry that you had to experience that. No, but it's 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 important. You know, I'm sure I'm not the only one and everyone has their own story and things happen. And, and, and the, the only... Yeah, I'm so glad that you shared that with us because you you should, because that is, is good for everybody to know. But at the same time, like, I'm so sorry that that was your experience because that's really fucked up. Yeah, yeah, yes, it is. It is fucked up. <laughs> But it is fucked up, but it is, but that's life, you know, that's life, that's life. Life is not, life is so complex, as I was saying. It. Yeah, well, and I will say, I've talked to, because I moved to London earlier this year, and I've noticed, I, and I'll be curious to know if you have the same opinion, but I do feel like LA especially has gotten to a point where it uses and abuses people so much more where it is like just a lack of understanding of people's time and energy and thoughtfulness into things that it was partially why I left was because I got to the point where I was getting yelled at by directors, producers, agents every day just because they were mad at the world or the industry. And I'm like, dude, we're, we're not curing cancer. We are making a film and whether or not you think this is fair, like stop yelling at me. Like I am just doing my job. And that experience reminds me like you're sitting there speaking and I'm like, oh my gosh, I I know so many people in this industry in LA like this, which is partially why I left because I was like, I just, for me to enjoy my life anymore, I have to get away from that toxicity of just feeling like you can take people's time, whether you're an actor, a casting director, an agent, whoever, and a wardrobe person, stop like treating people in a poor manner, which I think is a little bit of the problem in LA, which is why the strikes are happening and things like that, where it's just kind of gotten to a boiling point of people treating other humans like props. And not thinking about the, and I think COVID took away that humanity of like being, you have to look me in my eyes and tell me that instead of over the phone or an email is a lot easier than if you had to like do it face to face. So, I mean, I'm not surprised by your story. I do think, I agree with Jess where I do think it's rare that it goes that extreme. Um, and I, I'm ashamed of whoever that casting director is and those producers to be fair, because if they offered you the role, they should have honored that. And I mean, I've had it go through, you know, I've been in films where I I've 
had to recast people or different financiers come on board and they have a different vision for them to fund it. But you always give the people the respect of explaining and helping them understand not to like bring you around for months on end and then not to get it and then to insult you along the way as well. Yeah. I've never, the the adding insult to injury has never rung so clear in any stories I've ever heard than that. Like what is, what's wrong with people? <laughs> yeah. And I mean, this is also, this, this is not to say, and the beauty of what we do and what I do, like it's always a learning process and I know what I, that's what I like about acting. I'm always learning new skills, new things, meeting new people. And I, I know, I, I don't think of myself as, as an Oscar winning actor, but I know I will always, I, I want to take classes and everything. But And also, I, there's no need for me because I was, as you said, as you guys are reacting, I was so pissed. I was so angry. I was like, oh my God, no, I'm going I, I, to, and I wanted to. But then I was like, why would I lose my energy with these people like that the only thing that's going to happen is i'm going to give them more energy and they're going to feel more empowered like again i don't give a fuck until the next one next thing i'm going to show them rather than putting my energy there i'll put my energy in things i can control and again i will one day i'm going to do my own freaking amazing action film and they're going to feel sorry and and next time they talk to me i'm going to be like ah yeah you you remember okay i'm 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 keep i'm going to keep working on my act yeah, or whatever you know but yeah it's 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 fucked up but that's the challenges and things life gives you and yeah you you have to use them and on your behalf and work hard yeah i think that that's the big a big part of like what we do is all about one building trust and building a reputation and it's like that have having like i would never i had an experience where uh, i closed a deal on an actor and then he pulled out of the project like a week before we were starting to shoot and for me like that that i will never trust that agent again and i will never rely on that actor again and i think that that for you is like that's that would be the same experience for me that if i ever saw that casting director's name on something i'd be like no not doing it sorry (laughs) that's hard and and you know i don't i don't know if you can see but look what my cell phone says it says (laughs) be fucking kind you know just whatever you do just be fucking kind (laughs) yes right like there's no need to be a-holes that's why i love working having work in 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 ted that's something i learned everyone was generally so nice people and that's where the heart comes from and and i want to do that in my own projects and my own things and you know as you said jen like we're not we're not curing cancer we're just here to have fun and also inspire people i learned that too you can change people's lives but yeah like there's no need to be yeah i love that so if in your dream world what would be like the ultimate for you like what would be the coolest project if you could manifest whatever you wanted in your future what would be the like ultimate thing well through my work i'm manifesting with my actions and what i'm doing i'm manifesting that yes i've been doing some cool well i think cool cool, cool, indie indie stuff indie feature films and i hope i can go into the next level where i can get more money to create even bigger cooler things i think when it comes from me from who i am and what i want to put out there it's comedy i love comedy and i think through comedy you can also like if, if it, it cannot just not be entertainment it can you can also make people feel comfortable laugh have a great time and then boom you you put them like with a strong message and and that kind of dramedy i love real life stories that that yeah with touches of comedy and through my film company and Spectrum X Films I'm trying to do that and I yeah I, I hope I can create a cool comedy a cool TV show I'm, I'm co-writing stuff with very talented friends I'm always trying to collaborate and teamwork makes the dream work as we all know so <laughs> and if I remember correctly like one of I feel like a big aspiration for you is also to work with Guillermo del Toro right? Okay yeah if, if we have to be very specific yes that's uh, I, uh, I, I admire him so much he's he's a real hero i'm so i'm so glad and happy and i met him last year and i knew from my years back in guadalajara when in the festival of guadalajara when i was when i first finished my studies in communication i work as a pr person in the festival and i was helping guests and then i witnessed one time one of his master classes and i remember him being giving his email at the end of his conference and then some people approaching him and like i was like this is a, a nice man and i i want to work one one day with him not because just he's a genius and i love his work and his words and his fantasies creates but i just want to work with him yes so i'll manifest that <laughs> one day yeah i mean hey we we have to be specific when we manifest because maybe somebody's listening that will that sees him 
him or something. You don't know. But I will say he it's like perfect alignment in terms of who you are and like what you stand for. Because also talk about a man who gives zero fucks in the best possible way. Mm. Like I, I had the good fortune of working with him very briefly on the strain when we were casting the pilot. He was going to direct the pilot. He produced it. And then the only the only time we ever got to see him in person was for two days when we were doing chem reads with Kevin Durant and Corey Stoll and we were looking for the the love interest for both of them and um it was the most fun experience first of all he like always shows up in a sweatsuit which I think is like my dream is to just always wear a sweatsuit everywhere so I, I would like to emulate that in the future <laughs> but um he he's just so he's so kind and he's uh considerate and my favorite thing about that experience because I'd worked with a number of big directors at that point in, as an in an associate capacity and everybody had like this very specific vision of how they wanted the actors to interpret the characters and all that and when we were in the room with him it was every actor that walked in he was like so interested in allowing them to create the character and to to do their own thing to bring their essence versus trying to get them to fit in a box by following certain direction so that was very cool to see that but I will say, obviously, based on his work, he is very specific on the aesthetic. And um, and everybody, it was a big joke because every male character, for whatever reason, he wanted them to be willing to shave their heads and be wigged. And uh, it was the first. Oh, really? Yeah, it was very, it was very interesting. But um, he, um, it was such a joke because obviously Corey Stoll is bald, no hair. Uh, and he was very adamant that he wanted him to have a wig. And they, they used the same wig maker from uh what's the paris one when he was the he was he played hemingway i think it was and um oh and was it a night in paris was it owen wilson and rachel mccannum oh midnight, in, oh, paris. Yeah, midnight yeah, yeah. in paris yeah so we used the same wig maker but for whatever reason it did not go well <laughs> and there was a big like and and Corey kept pushing back because he didn't want to have to wear a wig because he you know he wanted to look like himself and so he doubled down they he wore the wig and then halfway through the season we actually had a comic con the convention they all went to and it was a big joke that the wig was not well didn't work well for him for whatever reason and uh, so he literally came Corey came out in a mullet wig to the convention <laughs> and it was so funny but there was a halfway because it was such a point of contention and like a funny thing Guillermo and Carlton Cuse gave him an episode where he shaves his head and he's able to have his own his like natural look but it was very funny so it was it was funny to see like the difference of we want to we want to give actors to have the freedom and the space to embrace the characters that we're creating and to make it their own and not to have to fit in a box but visually very specific you have to shave your <laughs> <Yeah>. head <laughs> Look, for, for, for a film of Guillermo, I would 100% be bold. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> yes. You have, this, this is a very unrelated question, but I was going to, this morning I thought, I need to know. How is your hair so beautiful all the time? <laughs> what, is, what do you do to your hair? Because I would like the same gloss that you normally have in your, the sheen in your hair. <laughs> it's, it's, it's the Mexican sun. <laughs> <laughs> and I mean, I'm glad I have the hair because I, I grow just a tiny mustache and just a couple of hairs. So I'm glad I have, at least I have my long hair. But All the jeans went to the top. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, this has been so fun. I don't want to keep you too much longer, but we have one very, very important question that we ask every guest that comes on our show. So if the world was ending tomorrow, what is the cocktail you would choose or drink to cheers the end of the world to? Oh, oh that's a super amazing question. I will have, I mean, look, I generally like drinking my tequila or my mezcal by itself, just with by itself in a shot. On the side, I'll put a sparkling water with fruit. It could be a citrus. I love like a, a grapefruit or an orange or a lime. And that's how I drink it. I know you guys in America are more related to this, but in the UK, even though those years that I've been living there, I, I go to a bar or a pub and I ask for a shot. And they go like, wait, we're just starting. And, and everyone thinks I'm just going to like, boom, boom, boom. And I'm like, yeah, yeah I'm just, you, it's meant to be sipped. And I just love it because I like the taste. But if it has to be a cocktail, it will be like a spicy paloma. It has grapefruit, it has sparkling, it has, and it will be with either tequila or mezcal. It's, it's all good. 
Yeah. I will say, I don't know if when or if you plan on coming back to the UK, but I don't know if you've ever been to the Mezcal Bar and the Nomad in Covent Gardens. It's insanely good. I need to go. Okay. 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 Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> remind me, remind me, is it is it what? It's a nomad in in Covent Garden. It's so it. I don't know the actual name of like the mezcal bar, but it's in the Nomad Hotel okay. in Covent Garden. Yeah, okay. it's amazing. Probably one of the best. I had a mezcal mar- uh, margarita there mm. just a couple weeks ago, and I was like, this is probably one of the best things I've had in my life. But this is perfect timing for me to, for you to tell me this because I'm going to London with one of my indie film sisters. It's gonna premiere in Raindance. Oh, amazing! I don't know if it's if, if this is coming now or later, but we have the screening 27th. Of October, so I'm definitely gonna know. I have a place to go. Yeah. Thank you. How long are you gonna stay? We were saying maybe we'll overlap. <laughs> ah, okay. I'll, I'll be. I'm going from the 24th October, literally next week, to the 5th November. Yeah, I'll be there. Oh, you'll be this. Yeah, you'll be here the same time as Jack. We should all go to the Mezcal bar together. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, and if you guys are around, you should you should come to the screening of my film too. I won't be there until the first, yeah. but Jen lives there, so she can go. <laughs> ah, you're you Jen, you're, you're in London. Yes, yeah. So I moved to London at the beginning oh. of the year. Yeah. Okay. Well, you if you want to come, please come to the screening. I'll get yeah, we'll get tickets and everything. Yes. And then Jessica, you and I will watch it again with Jen, or we'll just go for tequilas, whatever. And let's see, let's yeah, yes, yeah, definitely the tequila. <laughs> and let's see if they have another another drink, which is a cocktail. is Cantaritos. It's a it's made in like a jar, and normally it looks like a big food plate, but you put lots of sparkling water and all the citruses, all the ones I said, like grapefruit, lime. But in Mexico, we have a sweet lime in a sour line. Oh. So, Cantaritos. Maybe, we'll have to look for that. That sounds fun. Yes, maybe they have that there. <laughs> if not, you guys need to come now to yeah. Guadalajara. I, that, oh, I've yeah. never been to Guadalajara. I've been to other parts. We've talked about it, but we'll plan our next, uh, we'll do a meetup. We'll record yeah. an episode from Guadalajara. <laughs> <laughs> yes, uh, yeah, 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 special. Yeah. <laughs> from, tequi- from Tequila Town. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. Well, thank you so much, Christo. It was so good to see you. And uh, we'll see you in the flesh soon. That's the plan. Yes, that's the plan. No, thank you, Jessica. Thank you, Jen. And thank you to everyone on Tipsy Casting for listening. <laughs> good vibes and all the best. And cheers, guys. We always end with the cheers. Salud. Cheers. Salud. <laughs> Casting is sponsored by Spotlight.